Welcome to the fucking show. And sorry, I know you guys wanted to clap, but everything I'm going to say is going to be amazing. Uh, how do you pay, man? Uh, if you don't write checks, how do you pay these guys? Great cash, homie. Mama, there goes that man. Hello and welcome to episode 94 of Carson Sack Podcast, where we talk balls on this week's sack. We have a massive show for you. We have all your favorite balls, a male sack segment, a huge week, conference championship week in college football. The second to last college football playoff rankings were released last night. We're going to talk a little bit about those and maybe some of the craziness that could ultimately end up happening if certain teams do end up winning in this conference championship week. We have a very important week in the NFL as well, and college basketball is in full swing. We're going to touch on that a little bit at the end and a few thoughts on a few teams I have there. Without further ado, though, I do have to remind you to like, rate, review, subscribe, and all of that other good shit on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever you may be getting your podcast from. I'm sure if the sack is on the website... You can probably like, rate, reviews, or subscribe to it. So it would mean a whole lot to me, and it helps me out a ton if you all do stuff like that. So thank you very much uh, in advance for doing so. Let's get right into it. This is this week's Mail Sack. Our first two questions for the mail sack this week come from a first-time asker, so coming out strong out of the gates with two questions. They come from Kristen Siegfried. The first one she asks is, best way to get rid of hiccups? Coincidentally, Kristen already knows the answer to this because she showed me this little technique uh, at the bar the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So shout out to her for all this. I saw it in action. I've not had the hiccups, knock on wood. Since she showed me this, so I haven't had the opportunity to try it out myself, but her routine and how it works for her. She fills up a glass a wat- with water to the top. You then take the glass and you are going to drink out of not the side near the top at that is closest to you, but furthest away from you. To do this, you are going to have to bend over because there might be some spillage from water and everything, and you do that for... 10, 15 seconds, however much you need, and they just go away. She had the hiccups Wednesday before Thanksgiving, showed me this little trick, and it worked for her. So, in my opinion, it's batting a 1,000. It's one for one. So, next time, if I have the hiccups, that is how I'm going to approach getting rid of them. And, again, it's one for one, so it's got to be proven to work and then her follow-up question a sports question uh she asked is Malik a dollar store version of Lamar I would say he's a little bit more than a dollar store version maybe like a great value or like a Kroger brand absolutely nothing wrong with those they they're good products they will get the job done for you if you need them 
but ultimately you would rather have the big expensive items like the Lamar Jacksons. But the great value, the Malik Cunningham's of the world, they're not going to do you wrong. They're there for you in the tough times. And right now, U of L football, a little bit of a tough time, but he's there for them. Um, so I don't think – I think the dollar – the dollar store version is a bit harsh because Malik, he's he's good at what he does, and when he's on, he's very on. But when he's off, he's just incredibly off. So I, I again, I think the dollar store part of that is a bit harsh. Uh, thank you for sending those in. The first time questions were fantastic. Moving on, Jake Maddenly asked, what books are you reading right now and any that you would recommend? Right now, I am reading Hip Hop and Other Things by Shea Serrano. Um, he has a ton of great books. He has four books. This is his fourth, but he has two others in his and other things. He has basketball and movies and other things, and then he has the Hip Hop Yearbook. Um, I've read the first the other three, this is his fourth book, The Hip Hop and Other Things. Right now that I'm reading, I absolutely love it. I would recommend that to anybody and any of those previous books I mentioned that he has read, excuse me, that he has written, I would recommend those 1,000%. Um, I just coincidentally that you asked this, ordered a book off Amazon the other day. It hasn't gotten here yet. I ordered it Monday. It's called The Big Snooze. It's a golf murder mystery meets Grateful Dead type book. I don't know how that all ties together, uh, but I'm imagining that's probably somewhere up your alley and you might like that um, if I know you like I think I know you. So uh, let me finish the Hip Hop and Other Thing book, which I recommend to you and anybody else listening. And then let me get started on that, and then I'll let you know how that is. And if you want to read it, I'll give it to you after that. But I uh, appreciate you asking uh, such insightful questions like that. Let people know. I, I like to read. Uh, so thank you for that. Moving on, we move to our next set of questions. This next one comes from Paul Marino, who asks, and it's not really even a question. It's sort of just a statement. Bro, Stafford fucking blows. He doesn't. He's playing a little banged up. He's fine. He's infinitely better than Jared Goff. I'll just leave it at that. We had the same discussion last week. Uh, our next, again, we move on. Our next set of questions comes from a frequent flyer here on the mail sack, Michael Bennett, who asked, how was your birthday? My birthday was great. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Besides the Ohio State loss that we will talk about a little bit later on, um, it was a 10 out of 10 birthday. Uh, fantastic. Got to watch the Ohio State game with a buddy and his family for a half. Then went over to uh, another buddy's house. Watched the second half. That was disappointing. Went down to the tailgates, the alley, everything at U of L for the UK game. UK wins that. Go out. Um, was a little overserved that night, but that's totally fine. Um, it was my 25th birthday. It's you're allowed to get overserved on that night, uh, but enjoyed it. So I appreciate you asking. His next question, Mike Bennett asks, in their respective primes, which social media platform is the GOAT? I think that ultimately, just to define, I would say Snapchat's up there, Instagram's up there, Twitter's up there, and Facebook's up there. MySpace, I don't classify because, yes, like I was on it, and I'm sure like a good amount of people that listen to this that were probably on it as well. 
but I don't associate that because I didn't have I didn't have a long run on it, if that makes sense. I would say I'd say probably Twitter. I still think we're in like the prime of Twitter because there's so many like subsections of like Facebook that you would say that's more of the older crowd. If you want to say that Instagram, like that's sort of the younger crowd. I think Twitter is sort of a space where all their users that are like actually using it is probably the most diverse group of users. If that makes sense. Like when Kids our age, kids, young adults our age, like the 23s, 24s, 25s get on there. Like, it's to announce a life event, a new job, post some pictures from a trip, and then, like, we get off and we're not active on it for three months. Twitter, I think, most of the time, you're extremely active in everything. And I would say, like, the Twitter prime for me was, like, high school probably sophomore to senior year, I would say some of the wildest shit. And just like, with no repercussion, basically, um, it's just absolutely crazy. Like, I loved absolutely doing that. But I still think Twitter right now is in its prime. And I would still, I'd use Twitter more than any, I think, social media app, like just scrolling. I'll be honest, I am, I have a, undiagnosed by a doctor, but a certainly by myself diagnosed case of scrolliosis. I uh, sit on Twitter a bunch and just scroll. and But, like, I get news from it. I get sports updates. I get, like, a ton of things from Twitter. I think Twitter's an extremely useful tool as well, but that's a whole other point there. To answer your question, Mike, I'm going with Twitter. I love Twitter. Um, I It's my favorite social media. That's where I'm at. And then... Mike Bennett's last question, he asked, if every college football head coaching job was open, which would be the most coveted? Right now? Gosh. I want to say Alabama, but I think the Alabama stuff is like, if everybody was fired and obviously all the jobs are open, but we're still basing it off of recent success. Alba is going to have all these high pressures, high jobs, everything. Texas is there. I would say I'm right up there with USC. I'm in there with Ohio State as well. But those are – I'm more with the USC. And I say coveted because you can go to USC and they will give you, like, time to build something. And, one, you're living in Los Angeles. You're living in – California on the beach, whatever you leave practice, you go to the beach if you want to. And like you can become a huge celebrity and have just so many opportunities if you're successful as the University of Southern California's head coach. Um, I just think it's probably one of, if not the best, because I know there's a drive for success and they want to win, but they're patient enough and like. Uh, Twitter, uh, going back to Twitter, um, Dragonfly Jones, he tweeted something out, one of my favorite followers, he tweeted something out, it was like, yeah, you go to USC and, like, you're good, like, everybody knows you, like, Pete Carroll, hell yeah, but, like, Helton, the guy they had a couple years ago and before this, like, I couldn't pick that guy out 
of a lineup right now. I couldn't tell you, oh, that's him walking down the street. So, like, you can sort of go and be, if you're bad, like, kind of forgotten about because USC hasn't been relevant in a while. But if you're good, you're on top of the college football world because it's perceived as this huge power, and it is. And then that comes with so many other opportunities off the field, like endorsements and things like that. So USC's up there for me, extremely high. Texas is there. Ohio State, just because, obviously, I'm an Ohio State fan, I think it would be um, thought of as, like, basically any of the quote-unquote blue bloods of college football. Texas, Ohio State. Michigan would be up there, Notre Dame would be up there, Alabama, Tennessee, but not really, um, USC, like tons of jobs. But I think USC is where I would want to be if I was like an eligible coach and everything was open. That's where I'd go. Thank you, Mike, for sending those in. Those questions are always appreciated. The next set of questions we have come from Trevor Vallette who asked, Who would be easier to get a hit off of, prime Tim Wakefield or 40-year-old Nolan Ryan? I would go with Tim Wakefield in his prime. Uh, On the Red Sox, known for his knuckleball, everything like that, I would just hope and pray. Uh, Nolan Ryan is Nolan Ryan. He is one of the best pitchers of all time, if not the best in some people's considerations. Uh, I would much rather take my chances against Wakefield at his prime when, yes, he was still very good and a all-star and a World Series champion and known for that knuckleball pitch, but I would, I'm not going to get a hit off either of the two. Like, it's just not happening, but I would much rather be in the batter's box against Wakefield. I feel like I have a 0.0001 chance of getting a hit off of him compared to a just 0.0 chance of a hit off of Nolan Ryan. Trent follows that up with the second question. Best add-on character to The Office. Mine is Robert California. This in no order, I like D'Angelo Vickers with Will Ferrell. I really enjoyed Gabe Lewis when he came in with Sabre, Sabre, and their thing. Uh, He was a good character. David Wallace, you've met David Wallace. I I liked when he would pop up. I did not like Todd Packer all that much. Um, I like Holly, obviously because of how that all ends with her and Michael. I would say Robert California is probably up there with me as we've discussed this. And I do think Robert California is the best like add-on character. But then I would go Robert California, Gabe, and then D'Angelo as like the three characters they added on. And I want to say like secondary-ish characters because I know they had Andy, Bernard, and everything. And I loved him. But he, I think, became more like of an integral part rather than like some of these other people that I named. So they are, there's my list, because I totally keep Andy separate. And our last question this week on the mail sack comes from Christina Barone, who asks, why did you Tinder message me at 3 a.m. in 2017? Uh, I absolutely have no idea. You didn't respond. Um, Broke my heart at the time, and then we finally met like a Six months or so later, finally, uh, and we became friends. But I would would have been cool if you responded to me then. But we're friends now, so it's totally fine. No big deal. But I I have absolutely no idea. I must have been going through some shit that night and uh, thought, hey, 
I'm going to hit up Tina and she'll come through and help out. But you didn't. That's fine. No big deal. Um, glad, glad you didn't. Glad we're friends now. That's going to do it for the mail sack this week. Thank you for sending in, everybody, all your questions. We now switch gears, switch focuses to week 13 in the NFL football season. On Thursday night, we have a game between the Cowboys and the Saints. Both teams coming off of losses last week. The Cowboys losing in overtime on Thanksgiving night to the Raiders. And then the Bills putting a beat down on the Saints 31-6. So both of these teams in the NFC playoff hunt. The Cowboys leading their division. The Saints in the hunt in the wild card spot. But I think this is a major rebound game for the Dallas Cowboys. I think there are... They need it a little bit more than the Saints after the start they got off to and then sputtering in the middle of the season here, just like they have these last couple weeks. Um, It's going to be a tough environment going down to New Orleans. We obviously know that in the Superdome. It always is. But I am fairly confident that the Cowboys are going to be able to put up a decent amount of points. And... Simeon at times has struggled. There's been some rumors that they're going to move to Taysom Hill. Yes, he's a weapon, but he's not the best passer. So say the Cowboys get up 10, 14, like 14 points or so, like they score quick, they get out to a hot start, then I feel a little bit better about their chances in this game. I think they need to start fast. They're going to be getting some guys back healthy. C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, who's been out. Zeke has been dealing with a knee injury for a little while. There were some suggestions of maybe sitting him for a game or two, but it doesn't seem like he's going to be doing that because he's been practicing all week. But I think a steady dose of Zeke and Pollard this game can help out as well. The Saints' run defense is fairly decent, but we have seen that their pass defense is susceptible to big plays and putting up some points. And so a healthy Amari Cooper coming back, a CeeDee Lamb coming back, a Michael Gallup, and Dak and having those guys at his disposal, I just like what they're going to be able to do. And I think they can probably turn over – Hill or Simeon, Sigs, uh, excuse me, Hill or Simeon, Diggs can probably get an interception or something like that on them. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys over the Saints. The next game, we have the Ravens going to the Steelers. I just think the Steelers are, they're sort of are what they are. There's times when they're going to be really good, but more often than not, they're just going to be an okay average team. And I understand. It's going to be in Pittsburgh. It's a rivalry game, all of that. But I just still feel that the Ravens are a much better team. The Ravens are decent against the run. They're nothing great. The pass, they're susceptible. Uh, But Ben isn't a prolific passer anymore. So it'll be interesting to see how that is worked and attacked. But ultimately, I do have the Ravens beating the Steelers. The next game, I think this one's kind of cut and dry. The Buccaneers going to the Falcons. Falcons coming on a little bit stronger um, in the last couple weeks. Uh, They did 
last week beat the Jaguars. They're sort of in that playoff hunt. They're sitting at five and six, but I do think that the Buccaneers are going to be too much for this one. Leonard Fournette had a big game last week. Hopefully they can build on that close to the playoff run and get him involved just like he was playoff Lenny last year. Maybe he's sort of coming, rounding back into that form as last year and becomes even more of a weapon for that offense to use. Uh, Just a thing to monitor, Antonio Brown hasn't been playing for a while. Um, I don't think that factors into this game at all, but playoff-wise, I think it can. I think they need to be smart and get him back as soon as possible uh, for the Buccaneers to have a real chance at a repeat uh, this year in the Super Bowl. Moving on, we have the Cardinals and the Bears. The Cardinals are 9-2, sitting on the top of the NFC West. They're 8-point favorites, and they are 5-0 on the road this year against covering. Uh, The Bears, last week, beating the Lions on Thanksgiving Day with Andy Dalton at the helm. Justin Fields is reportedly returning back to practice a little bit this week with his rib injury. I just think that the Cardinals' defensive line is a little too good, whether it's Fields or Dalton starting. Uh, I will take the Cardinals, and apparently Hopkins could potentially be coming back uh, sooner rather than later. He's been getting some light work in. This I think his first like a full practice he got done or something today since October, so it's going in the right direction. So if he's able to suit up, or even if he's not, I feel pretty comfortable in the Cardinals in this one. The next game, we have what could be the best game of the week and could be a matchup in the AFC for years to come. We have Joe Burrow and the Bengals hosting Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers. Both of these teams sitting at above 500. Uh, This is tough. You know, I am actually, I'm going to go with the Chargers in this one. I think maybe a bit of a letdown spot after last week. A big game against the Steelers, whether they want to admit it or not, that was a big game for them. The Bengals, the fans took it seriously, obviously because it's the rivalry. Um... Joe Mixon was able to do basically whatever he wanted in that game. If he's able to be a productive member of the team on the ground, that adds so much to this offense uh, because it it makes the defense, they have to stay honest. They can't stack the box. They can't just drop everybody back. A balanced offense is so needed for this Bengals team because obviously you have Joe Burrow and all those talented wide receivers, but the run game just unlocks a whole other level to this offense. Why I picked the Chargers, though, Herbert coming back after last week, um, they go and they beat, excuse me, they lose to the Broncos, so they need to rebound there. He was decent in that game last week, 303 yards, two touchdowns, but two interceptions, and he was a leading rusher. Um, I don't like that one bit. I think they're going to try and establish Eckler a little bit, help him out, and That opens up things in the past game for them. And I like their defense a little bit to get after Burrow with a, at times, vulnerable offensive line for the Bengals. So I'm going to go with the Chargers over the Bengals this week. Moving on, we have the Vikings and the Lions. I am going to go with the Vikings after last week's pick of the Lions. If they weren't going to get a win then, I can't imagine they get one here. Even without Dalvin Cook in the backfield for the Vikings, I am going to go with them. I think they just have too much talent offensive-wise for them to really struggle. And Madison's a decent 
Decently good running back. Um, he gets some reps and some time even when Dalvin's healthy, so I like him to be able to step in in that offense, not to miss much of a beat. So I go with the Vikings over the Lions. The next game, we have the Giants and the Dolphins. I'm going to go with the Dolphins in this one. It'll probably be some weird, funky game, but uh, I do expect the Dolphins defense to have a masterful day against a team where their offense is struggling, guys are in and out with injury all the time, it's hard to build consistency and fluidity, and it's the second game that Freddie Kitchens is calling as the OC for this team, so I expect a lot of dysfunction by the Giants offense, so I will take the Dolphins because of their defense and hopefully some big plays from Tua to Waddell or Parker or anybody on that offense. Next game, we have the Eagles and the Jets. Sort of a copy and paste thing with the Giants and the Jets. Um, I don't like their offense. Zach Wilson turns the ball over a ton. The Eagles have a good defensive line and will be able to get pressure on them. If they commit to the run, they can probably run it pretty decently uh, to pretty well on this Jets defense. So Jalen Hurts doesn't have to go out there and totally win them this game. Maybe just pound the rock with Sanders and Scott. And if uh, excuse me, if Jordan Howard's healthy, he got another guy that you can pound the rock with and open things up with some play action and rolling Hurts out. Get him in him getting him on in the boundaries so he can throw and make plays with his legs if necessary. I think that's the key to a lot of what the Eagles need to be doing on offense, but it doesn't seem to work out that way a lot, but I will go with the Eagles over the Jets. The next game, we have the Colts and the Texans. This one's sort of uh, a copy and paste thing as well. Colts gave a tough game to the Buccaneers last week, but ended up losing. Uh, The Colts I want to see them make the playoffs because I think they have a great recipe for success in the playoffs. I think they go down to Houston and handle their business and end up beating the Texans. The next game, we have the Washington football team going up against the Las Vegas Raiders. I am going to go with the football team in this one. I think there's maybe, I know they beat the Seahawks on Monday night and the Seahawks aren't great, but some momentum building there with the Washington football team. Gibson looked good catching and running the ball. They get Curtis Samuel back to pair with Terry McLaurin. Um, the defense is improving. Heineke is not doing terrible. He's doing all right. Uh, he's not losing them games. So I just sneaky little upset here. I'm going to go with Washington over the Raiders. Next game, we have the Jaguars at the Rams. This screams get right to me game. I think the Rams are going to come out and kill the Jaguars after a little midseason slide that they've been on. A lot of rumors, not rumors, but a lot of questions by pundits and stuff saying like, well, look at the record and look who they beat. They haven't really played anybody great. And when they do, they lose. Uh, so... Yeah, I mean, look at last week, they lose to the Packers, they lose uh, in previous years, we've talked about this, but um, again, I think this is a get-right game from the get-go, and the Rams end up winning. The next game, the 49ers and the Seahawks, this should be, this game's much more important to the 49ers, Um, they're the better team, they're everything like that, the Seahawks are on a three-game losing streak since Russell Wilson came back, which all this just screams to me that Seattle is going to probably fucking end up winning, like these teams play always in weird games, things like that, the NFC West 
everybody has their number. Everybody loses to somebody they shouldn't every year in that. I think this is the case, so I'm going to go with Seattle over the 49ers, especially if Debo Samuel is going to be out for a limited time. I think there is a chance for them to uh, exploit that, so I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Then the Sunday night game, the Broncos and the Chiefs. I have no word yet on if Teddy Bridgewater is going to be fully healthy or not, if he's going to be playing, or if it's going to be Drew Locke. Either way, I still think the Chiefs are the better team. I think they are finding their stride, not fully yet, but they're getting there. Uh, I don't think they want to peak before the playoffs. I think they want to just continuously getting better, 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 and then overdrive when it gets to the playoffs. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs over the Broncos. And then the Monday night game, the Patriots and the Bills, I am going to go with, gosh, this is tough. I'm going to go with the Bills. It's going to be extremely close, I believe, but I do have the Bills winning. I just think they're clicking on offense right now a little bit. I know that, obviously, Belichick will probably have some defensive things for them that will confuse Josh Allen a little bit, but I'm hoping that Allen is able to use his legs a little bit more, um, create plays, and that should maybe take away some of what the Patriots are trying to do to Allen defensively, so I will go with the Bills over the Patriots. And it will be also interesting to see how Mac Jones does in a playoffy, if you will, type atmosphere um, on the road in the Bills. Uh, I believe the leader, the winner of this game takes over the division, so it will be interesting to see how Bill and that offense protects him, well, Josh and that offense protects him. And what he's able to do if it comes down like push comes to shove, playoff on the road environment, how do you perform? But ultimately, I do have the Bills winning that game on Monday night. Moving on, that is going to do it for the NFL talk of week 13. We now switch focus to college football. As I had mentioned in the preview uh, opening of this show, the college football rankings came out last night, and really the top six are about all we need to talk about right now. Georgia obviously stays at number one. Michigan jumps to number two after their beatdown of Ohio State last Saturday. Alabama remains at number three, and Cincinnati remains at number four. Sitting at number five is Oklahoma State followed by Notre Dame, which is, there's so much that has gone on in college football since we last talked. Lincoln Riley leaves Oklahoma, goes to USC. Brian Kelly leaves Notre Dame, goes to LSU. And just to touch on the Notre Dame and the playoffs and the rankings and things, hearing the playoff committee chairman, whatever he is, president, come out and say, oh, we do take into account that he, Brian Kelly, has left and everything in how our rankings will go from this week and going forward. I think that's absolutely bullshit. Um, yes, Brian Kelly's a good coach and everything like that, but the players are the ones that ultimately – are this are the team and earn that ranking? So I think that's terrible. Um, looking at the conference championship week, we go. We start on Friday. Both of these teams are technically out of it. Um, college football playoff wise, you have Oregon and Utah in the Pac-12. Oregon, last time these two teams played, just totally failed to show up. 
Um, it was a beatdown of epic proportions. I think it did help that it was in Utah. I expect this to be a closer game, but I will take Utah in this one. It's going to be closer than their matchup a couple weeks ago, 100%. Um, but ultimately, I do do think Utah still has their number. This We now move on to the games on Saturdays, and this is something I do want to mention and talk about. So... Baylor and Oklahoma play, excuse me, Baylor and Oklahoma State play each other. Let's say Baylor wins. They sit there with two losses. Then Alabama and Georgia play. Let's say Georgia wins. Alabama is there with two losses. Let's go to the Big Ten. Iowa and Michigan play. Let's say Michigan loses. They're sitting there with two losses. Let's say we move to the American Athletic Conference. Houston plays Cincinnati. Let's say Houston wins. Cincinnati is sitting there with one loss. Do you still keep them there? There, This has potential to be so fucking hectic and crazy. Like, there could, after this week, honestly be just like... One team that is like we know for certain will be in it. They Georgia, like just because theoretically, yes, Michigan is playing Iowa in the thirteenth in the country. Get that, whatever. But I don't know if you can say they're one of the best four teams because they lose to Michigan State, uh, who's eleventh in the country. Just uh, I don't envy the college football playoff committee for if that scenario happens if. Baylor beats Oklahoma State, if Iowa beats, uh, excuse me, Michigan, if Houston beats Cincinnati, I, I don't envy them whatsoever. Because then, I mean, if you just go by reasoning, Notre Dame slides up because they only have one loss, but they're not a conference championship. Like, I don't envy that at all. And then you look, and even if all those do happen, and we just flip one of those, and we say Alabama beats Georgia, well... How do you do that? Do you say Alabama's now number one when clearly all season long Georgia's been the best team? Like, how do we? So, how does that work out? And then say everybody else that I had previously mentioned loses. Then there's just two open spots, and who, who goes in there? How does that work? So, I think the committee is ultimately thinking and hoping that the chalkier teams win so they don't have to deal with like actually doing their job and fucking thinking about things critically and everything like that. But going back to where we're at, uh, Baylor and Oklahoma State, Saturday at noon in the Big 12 championship game. I like Baylor in this one. I'm not totally sold on Oklahoma State. I know their defense is very good. Um, But Baylor's defense is good. And we can go and we can look back. They've already played each other this year. Um, Second game of the year. Excuse me, one, two, three, one, two, three, four. Fifth game of the year, it was 24-14. It was at Oklahoma State. We look at that game. Um, Bohannon for Baylor, only 173 yards through the air. Saunders, though, for Oklahoma State, three interceptions. I don't know if they're going to be able to turn them over that many again, and it's a little discouraging that when you look at that, they get those three interceptions, and they were still unable to, to pull out the win, but I think on the road that helps. 
I'm going to go with Baylor. I just think it's hard to beat the same team twice in one year. I'm going with Baylor. Um, Looking at the SEC championship game, I have Georgia. Um, I think that defense is going to be able to stifle Alabama and what they're trying to do. Um, I think it... I don't want to say high scoring, but I think like high 20s, mid 30s is where we're going to be resting at. Um, And I think that... Georgia's offense with Bennett back there, 21 touchdowns, only five interceptions. He's not going to go out there and lose the game. Um, I think Georgia's going to try and lean on this run game, maybe keep Alabama's offense off the field just in case they hit Georgia with a big play because that is sort of where they're susceptible is the big play, the downfield shot, things like that. And Alabama has probably one of, if not the best receivers uh, in college football at that certain play like the deep shot the yards after catch thing with uh Williams so it'll be interesting to see but ultimately I do think Georgia just leans on their strengths their defense the run game and doesn't ask uh Bennett to do a ton just enough and I think he's capable of doing that and I think Kirby avenges in his mind avenges the uh two previous losses they had against Saban and Alabama in the national championship and the SEC championship game and Georgia ends up winning that one uh that as I had mentioned earlier Houston plays Cincinnati in the American Athletic Conference championship game I think Cincinnati is going to win I was just talking to stir up some points and get some talking points going through um in the ACC championship game we have Pittsburgh going up against Wake Forest I'm gonna go with Pittsburgh in that one both of those teams at 10 and 2 um, going to be probably a fun, good game, like a nice little nightcap on at the same time as the Big Ten Championship game, but I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. And then the Big Ten Championship game, I was going to win this game. It is the most Michigan thing ever for them to finally beat Ohio State and make the Big Ten Championship. The first Big Ten Championship game they've made since 2004, something like that, first one under Harbaugh, um, Excuse me, first Big Ten championship they've had since 2004. The Big Ten championship game hasn't been around all that awful long. But first one under Harbaugh, again, I give them credit for what they did to Ohio State. They beat the shit out of them on both sides of the of the line of scrimmage. They Ohio State failed to establish the line of scrimmage at all. But Iowa's defense, I think... On both sides of the ball, defense, offense, both lines are a little bit more physical. Um, I expect this to be an ugly ground-and-pound game, uh, but I will have Iowa winning. Petrus is going to have to have a hell of a day. Goodson on the ground. He's got 1,100 yards on the air. Uh, um, Excuse me. 1,100 yards on the ground, six touchdowns on the year. It's going to be massively important. Iowa's defense is going to need to show up and slow down the run. I think they're going to be able to do that um, and make McNamara beat them. I'm not fully comfortable with him just yet. Um, He didn't have to do a whole lot last week against Ohio State. So I'm going to go with Iowa. Again, it's just the most Michigan thing. They have the biggest win for them in the last, fuck, since Harbaugh took over. And then they're going to lose in the Big Ten Championship and have the playoff slip through their fingers. Um, Maybe. But again, I am ultimately rooting for chaos. 
So, again, to recap, that means Iowa wins, that means Georgia wins, that means Houston wins, and that means Baylor wins. And then after that, fuck it, let's just see what happens. If all that happens, Sunday morning is going to be, like, cannot miss much watch TV just to see who makes these college football playoffs. Because there's only going to be one defined team in the playoff, and that's Georgia. So there's going to be three spots open to go between shit let's just count between one two three probably between like realistically eight teams so i would love to see that love to see that that's what i'm rooting for ohio state as an ohio state fan we are not in anything anymore i i now switch my fandom to chaos and i hope you're rooting for that as well And now, as promised, we are going to switch focus one more time for a brief college basketball segment. So, if you've listened to this act previously, you'll know the way I try and do this is I look and I try and talk about the big games for the entire week since it's a one episode a week show and there's multiple games, multiple big games a week, and then if there's a big story obviously I will talk about that previously last week the big story Duke knocks off Gonzaga after previously in the week Gonzaga was able to handle UCLA pretty handedly Uh, but then Duke goes and they go and they hand Gonzaga their first loss of the year last night Duke goes to Columbus to play Ohio State and then they end up losing that knocking them out of the top spot Probably, ultimately, when these next ranking comes out. And Purdue is going to be the ones that take over that. I was high on Purdue before the season. Um, I love, love, love what they have there with Zach Eady, that massive center. Um, Williams coming off the bench, who is extremely versatile and a good passer. And then then Ivy as well, the guard there. Um, Love what he's doing. He's averaging 15 points a game, 6 rebounds, 1.4 steals low turnovers, um, a ton of talent on that team. Um, Purdue, I was high on them in the tournament last year. They bring back basically most of, if not all, the talent that they had there from last year. So I'm glad Purdue is doing well. Um, Gonzaga-Duke, they will filter out as well, but still a ton, ton, ton of good basketball to happen uh, tonight. In the ACC Big Ten Challenge, we have Louisville going to Michigan State. I'm going to go with Michigan State in this one. Um, Noah Locke for Louisville, their leading scorer. Gabe Brown sitting at 13 points a game as Michigan State's leading scorer. I just think Michigan State has been playing some good basketball so far this year. You go and you look. They go uh, in November. They hung sort of close for Kansas for a little bit in the opening game but then they go and they beat UConn I know they just lost to Baylor but Baylor's a good team and they were close in that one for a little while they beat Butler um I just feel like the home crowd for Michigan State is going to be a big enough factor and I think Michigan State ekes out Louisville uh moving on Tonight, Michigan going up against North Carolina in the second game of the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Michigan off to a sluggish, slowish start, if you will, um, considering what their expectations were. Um, They lose to Seton Hall in Michigan. Um, 
And then they go and they get blown out by Arizona, 80-62. to But I still like what they have on that team. Um, Brooks, one of the more underrated players in the country, um, averaging 15 points. Dickerson as well, 8.2 rebounds. Dickerson averaging for them 14 points. I'm going to go with Michigan in this one. I think they need a big win to solidify things. Um, And there's going... North Carolina not ranked, sitting at four and two. They haven't done anything special this year so far. Um, they go and they lose to Purdue, obviously, and then they lose to Tennessee in back-to-back games in one of the preseason tournaments. So um, both their losses have come against tough teams, and it could help them that it's in Chapel Hill. But ultimately, I am going to take Michigan. Moving on. Uh, Iowa and Purdue on Friday night. That's going to be a very good game. Iowa can score a ton of points. Purdue likes to score a ton of points as well. I'm going to go actually with Purdue in that one. Um, But it is going to be an extremely important game because Purdue's going to have to win that to hold on to the uh, number one ranking. On Saturday... The game of the day, excuse me, the game of the day is going to be Alabama-Gonzaga. Alabama is sitting at 16th in the country. Gonzaga sitting at number three at the moment. But uh, Shackelford for Alabama averaging 18 points. Timmy for Gonzaga averaging 17. Uh, And then I just like what Alabama has and what they do. I like the style that they play. Um, They got Shackelford averaging 18 points. They have... Uh, Quinterly averaging 14, Ellis 13. Um, it would nice. It would be nice to see uh, Davis's Davison's assist um, match his point production. Um, his, excuse me, his points match his assist production. Um, he's getting 4.9 assists. I'd like him to up his scoring, obviously, and be a proficient scorer like he is a passer of the ball right now. Um, I'm gonna go with Gonzaga. I think they do win that. Uh, it's the battle in Seattle. Gonzaga's close to Seattle, so more fan travel there. I know it's still a neutralist site game, but I'm going to take Gonzaga in that one. And then swing it back around, not a ton of big games on the Sunday and the Monday. So Tuesday we swing back, and Texas Tech goes and plays Tennessee. I'm going to go with Texas Tech over Tennessee in that one. I absolutely love what Bryson Williams does uh, at the forward position for Texas Tech, as well as him leading the team in rebounds. And then you have Malik Wilson, the guard for Texas Tech, leading them uh, in assists. So I'm going to go with them over Tennessee. I just like I like the style that Texas Tech plays better than Tennessee. That is going to do it for episode 94 of Carson Sack. As always, thank you for tuning in. We will be back next week with a bit abbreviated show. Um, we're not going to get into all the bowls just yet. We're going to talk about, obviously, the college football playoff and a little slight preview of that, talk about the rankings, the final season rankings, and we'll definitely talk about the NFL and we'll definitely do a mail sack. But obviously not a full slate of college football next week, so it's sad. It's coming to an end, but... We're on the precipice of one of the best times of the year, bowl season. We will have the bowl pick'em that I normally do in an episode in the very near future. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Before we get out of here, I once again remind you, like, rate, review, subscribe. Thank you for tuning in to Carson Sack. It means a whole lot to me. 
And as we always end here on the sack, we will be. I'm thinking out loud. I'm thinking out loud.